0: Welcome to Virtual Church. Welcome to Virtual Church. Welcome to Virtual Church. Welcome to Virtual virtual Church. Church. Welcome to Virtual Church. Welcome to Virtual Church. Welcome Welcome to Virtual church. Church. Welcome to Virtual virtual Church. Welcome to 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 Spiritual
1: Church. Welcome to the Church.
0: Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you again. I hope you've had uh, a good week, you and your families. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in this morning. We're uh, thankful for the joy of the Lord being our strength and that that continues to be the case um, in the days ahead. Amen. I believe that God wants us to be a rejoicing people and to uh, be full of praise. And I believe he wants to fuel that praise and he wants to fuel that rejoicing by showing himself strong on our behalf. Uh, I truly believe that. So, um take courage, be steadfast. God is, has been steadfast for us and uh, he asks us to do the same, to be steadfast. So I trust that this message today will, um, will be a blessing to you and an encouragement to you. Amen. Well, thanks be to God. Last week we were speaking about being ready in season and I think that aspiring to be as prepared as we can be in the times ahead, would be a wise decision, amen. Um, the people and systems that we may once have put our trust in, whether they're leaders, whether they're uh, governments, healthcare providers, um, economic plans like pensions and investments, insurance products, even currency, All of these things are rapidly changing and are now not as solid as we thought they were. Um, So there's a tremendous fragility in our way of life globally at the moment. Uh, We also don't know exactly what the seasons um, of the future will bring, although God's word does give us an insight into the signs of the times. Amen. Um, But beyond that, without the daily leading of the Holy Spirit, we won't know specifically what it is we might face in the future. Now, if you go to God's Word, you you can read about Joseph. And he had divine insight and he stored... Um, grain and food for a season of famine Uh, and they were like the the food bank for the surrounding nations and so many people were saved and delivered from death and starvation because of God's mercy uh, coming via the wisdom of one man. So with the guidance of God's Holy Spirit we can alter plans, we can prepare differently um, based on the the um, the Holy Spirit nudging us in a different way, but we should continue to pray, pre- sorry, to prepare anyway. And like I said last week, we should never be in a season of deactivation. There always must be activity. Amen. So during uh, the uh, Rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, if you know this story, um, Pastor Bernie's actually doing another study on Nehemiah right now. He was sharing a bit of it with me. But Nehemiah's enemies approached him and attempted to sidetrack him. And uh, he was there to restore and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But he says to these people, we're not coming down. We're not stopping the work. We're not giving up. And they continued as one force to complete what God had laid on Nehemiah's heart. And the restoration and rebuilding of the walls was what they were doing. But really it was to restore the glory of God there and to turn um, the remnant of his people back to God again, back to the Lord. That's what that what was going on. So in that uh, season of rebuilding and restoring, there was things that came against Nehemiah that he had to be prepared for uh, so that he wouldn't be diverted or sidetracked or taken out of the game completely. And I I think that that is a, a place where we're at just now. I think there's a curtain being drawn back to reveal who really sits on the throne of people's hearts and to jolt us into remembering that there is only one person in whom we can truly place our hope and our trust. Amen. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we already know that what was a subtle silencing, we've all heard the phrase cancel culture, but was what, what was once a, a very subtle, and it still is subtle in many ways, a silencing, has now become a considerable force in an attempt to um, cancel or smother uh, any view or position that goes against what does appear to be the channeling of people, um, nations, and governments much more into the spirit of this age. Now, that's you might say, well, that there's nothing new in that. Um, that's been underway for some time now, but there's a bold wave. There's an emboldening wave of that right now, and. Um, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe we have to also embolden. We we, we must be bolder because um, what is coming against um, the church is, is bold, is very bold. So let's not give up hope. Amen. You know, um, God will not cast us away and he will not help the cause of evil either. Amen. And I just want to read a a paragraph from a book that I'm reading just now. Um, this is a book on the, the times of the, the early days of the Reformation taking place and you've got all of these guys that are all um, in the castle at St Andrews and they're having stand, standoffs with, with the established church of that time and uh, lots of things going on and they say this one of the paragraphs says this, do not give up hope, my brothers, Prayer is an earnest and familiar conversation with God. We can declare all our miseries and get all his support and help in our adversities. Amen. We can laud and praise him for all of our benefits. God will not cast away a perfect man. Neither will he help the evildoers. Till he fills your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. I thought that was a tremendous paragraph he will he will he will uh, fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing amen so God is on our side he is on your side um, choose to be on his side on the victory on the victory side and I believe that he will um, fill our mouths and our hearts with rejoicing, with praise, with joy, and with laughter because he will come his presence will be, will be felt and his glory will be will be seen in a very tangible way I believe and that and, and, and it will cause us to, to, uh, to do, we, sometimes we have to uh, stir ourselves up by faith. but I believe that uh, we will, be able to rejoice as we get bolder, as we embolden ourselves. Um, You and I, um, you know, there's many great men in the Bible, but you're just as capable of doing uh, just what God instructs you to do, to lay hands on the sick and they will recover, um, to pray into situations and over people and see their situations change. We must believe that. And as we do, as we as we place our faith and our trust 100% in the Lord, and we're bold to do that and to speak out, I believe we'll see the signs following. Amen. So my message today is is this. it's, It's the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter. And I want to start it off with a question. If God were to ask us today, what do you need today to live your life from this day to your last day? What do you need in your life right, right now? What would our reply be? Now, I can imagine many folk might be similar. Things that may come to mind when, uh, when, when, we were, at, when we're asked that question be, would be things like, well, it, it would all be linked to our personal security, um, good health, uh, a steady job, a home, a good income with enough money to cover my debts, to eat well, to have nice things, to go nice places, and I'm sure many folk would say things along the lines of the love of a family, companionship, uh, true friends, amen, true friends, and things along these lines. So I think that there would be a mixture of things that of things that that uh, people truly need, and the things that people would like to have and we call those things ideals. There's ideals. You've heard people saying, oh, in an ideal world, in an ideal situation, this is how things would be. So we have ideals and idealistic thinking towards some things. So, um, and these days, of course, with um, the question of mental health and emotional and physical welfare, they've leapfrogged up the list simply as a Uh, as a result of the intensity of the times that we live in so you know when you're asking people what they're looking for now they'll be considering their welfare their mental state all of these things and uh, because troubled times trouble minds you know troubled times trouble minds and troubled minds that filters down to the heart and and gives the, op- gives the heart the opportunity to become afraid. And so, you know, if, you, if we just, in light of that question at the beginning, was anyone in God's word ever essentially asked this same question? And if so, can we take anything useful from their answers that would help us in this day and age? And so there, there are probably many that we could go to. Um, But I want to go to one particular man and I I ask you to follow me in your Bibles today and let's go to 1 Kings chapter 3. And just while we're on the subject of the word, can I just, pardon me, can I just encourage you to have your Bible with you? Whenever you're in front of your computer during the week at doing a Bible study online or whatever it is you're doing listening to a message have your Bible and a notepad with you. Um, We're so thankful for for John. He does a great job putting the scriptures up for us. Um, But sometimes we want to rattle through a whole bunch of scriptures and so sometimes it's easy if you easier if you just you can see the Bible references there on the virtual church page and just follow along with us. Amen. So if we go to God's word in 1 Kings chapter 3, I won't won't read it verbatim, but basically God appears in a dream to a young King Solomon, the son of David, and asks Solomon what he would like to receive from him. Now this will be a familiar scripture um, and a famous one, and we know that Solomon asked God for an understanding heart and the ability to discern between good and evil. All right, so God asked Solomon, what what would you like from me? Solomon says, give me an understanding heart and the ability to to discern between good and evil. Discernment is paramount importance for us in the days we're moving into. And I believe he knew that in order to lead God's people well, to administer true justice and to govern the nation uh, in the ways of the Lord, What really mattered was who was in charge. Who was in charge, and the wee clue it wasn't him, it was God. And so he knew where wisdom and understanding and discernment came from. And I think too often we think that we kind of have all that, or we have some of it. There's only one source of true wisdom understanding and discernment, and that's from the Lord. And so, anyway, if you go on to verse 10, it says there that the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Amen. So the Lord was pleased with what Solomon had asked. Solomon didn't ask for riches, or for revenge, or for long life. And because of this, God granted Solomon the wise and understanding heart that he had asked for hallelujah but not only this and this is the great part of this story God decided to give him what he had not asked for now what he had not asked for might be the things that in the natural we may have asked for first Um, you know thinking and I've heard this before Money makes the world go round and it's the cure for, all. you know, if you have enough money, you can do anything. I don't believe that for a moment. Money is a, money is a tool for us to be able to use and to use it wisely. But so um, anyway, God says, I'm going to give you for the things that you didn't ask for, which, which were riches and honour. And God said to him, there'll be no other king like you all of your days. Praise the Lord. So God then says to him, if you walk in my ways, so there was kind of two conditional things that God said to Solomon and one, uh, one uh, sorry, two unconditional things and one conditional thing that God said to Solomon. So God's, God then says to him, if you walk in my ways, and keep my statutes and commandments as your father did, then I'll also lengthen your days. So he had the um, riches and honour. Okay, God says you're going to have that. But the length of his life, the, the capacity for him to live a long time and to reign for a long time was conditional Upon him walking in God's ways and keeping God's statutes, amen, just like his father had. So here we have Solomon equipped and ready, prepared for his reign as king. And I think as we contemplate the years ahead, we should ask God for largeness of heart, amen. Just like in verse 29, it says there, uh, verse 29, oh, hang on. Verse twenty nine. I'm in the wrong, the wrong bit. Anyway, uh, we should ask the Lord for largeness of heart too. Amen. And so, what is this enlarging of the heart? I believe it's to have um, an expansive understanding. Is what it means. To and when we say, Lord, enlarge our hearts, we're saying, give us an ex- expansive understanding, and. If you look at Solomon's life and what he asked for, well, what fruit did that produce? What benefits did that bring to him? And if they brought such benefits and fruit to him and his reign and his, as, his leadership, then I believe um, that it can bring the, the same benefits and fruit to, into our lives. Amen? So even if it was slightly similar to what it produced in Solomon's life, it would be worth asking the Lord to enlarge our hearts. And so Solomon had asked God for this expansiveness of understanding discernment. Solomon goes on to speak um, somewhere around 3000 proverbs and over a thousand songs. Now proverbial wisdom is an amazing thing You know, the foundations of many nations of of this world were built on proverbial wisdom from Scripture. So the Proverbs, God's Word, and it all came from the Lord, from God. Men through the ages have taken this wisdom and built lives and nations upon it. And we still can do that today. Amen. So the, expans- the expansiveness of his heart, the enlarging of Solomon's heart produced praise. He wrote over a thousand songs and this, is, this, is, uh, this speaks to me and I think we should let it meditate to us. He asked for these things and then he begins to produce songs, fresh and new songs, songs of praise, worship, glorifying the Lord. And what does praise do? Praise precedes victory. So when we ask the Lord for the right things, the result will be a new song, I believe, in our heart. It's going to be a new song, and and we'll bring glory to God in fresh new ways with our words. Amen. Um, If you look at um, verse 24, um, it tells us there that one of the benefits was peace. Peace surrounded Solomon's kingdom, on every side he had peace. Every side. Amen. In chapter 5, if you go to chapter 5 verse 4, Solomon even says that there was no adversary, no adversary surrounding him. Not even an evil occurrence took place in his vicinity. Him and his people, God's people, had complete and total rest. Amen. The other thing, that they had was dominion. And verse 24 tells us that Solomon had dominion throughout his entire region. And the word tells us that the enemy has been crushed under the soles of our feet. God has placed the enemy under the soles of our feet according to Romans chapter 16, verse 20. So a benefit of this asking the Lord for discernment and wisdom and an expansive uh, heart, an understanding heart is dominion. Amen. And so, and, and I, I believe people nowadays, so many of them feel dominated. They feel dominated. They, they have no freedom. They feel like they have no freedom. They feel that things in life domineer them. And this, the word tells us that we have dominion. So, I believe we need to gr- get a hold of that again the other benefit was unity. In verse 25 it tells us that Judah and Israel dwelled together. Amen. They were one nation under God. So unity was, was um, a blessing and a fruit of this wisdom that Solomon asked for as well. And it wasn't always so that these nations that were, that were close got on with one another. But here we go, we see that they were one nation under God. And moving on again, quickly, influence. Verse 34 tells us that men and kings from all of the nations of the earth travelled to hear Solomon's wisdom. So his renown went out and uh, he was a tremendous influence in his world because of what he'd asked for. And so it's a powerful story and I encourage you to read it it goes on and uh, tells us that Solomon built the Lord a house. He built the temple for the Lord. Go, to, go into chapter 6 and you can read about him um, commissioning and the amount of people that were involved in building the house of the Lord. Um, try and imagine with, with your, in, the, in your imagination, which is an awesome thing, what it must have been like, the temple. You know, cedars from Lebanon being floated down the river, very uh, skilled artisans and craftsmen creating this temple. Um, it was ornate. It was, it was a house f- um, fitting for the Lord. Amen. And so God reiterates to Solomon, as you follow my ways in the building of my house, the temple, I'm going to perform my word in your life and in your time and my presence is going to be amongst you and all around you and I'm not going to forsake you. So God promised them that he was going to inhabit their environment. He He was with them. Amen. He was with them. And all of this happened because of the right attitude of a heart. Amen. And we're talking today about the heart of a matter. And we have lots of matters to contend with in life. But the condition of our hearts is is so important. And the word says that God's eyes scan to and fro throughout the the earth, looking for people with the right hearts. You can find that in 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. God is looking to show himself strong. I believe God is looking to put rejoicing into our hearts and praise in our mouth as he shows himself strong on our behalf as we fully turn our hearts towards him and stay steadfast and 100% committed to him. You know If the inclination of our inner man, our spirit, and our minds are towards God, then he will establish peace in our lives. Even if there's war on the doorstep and there's a plague nearby, sound familiar? Even though many around us are overtaken in trouble and in strife, if our hearts stay loyal to Jesus, God will maintain his righteous cause over us, over you, over his people. Amen. And why will he do this? It's because he's the unchanging God and he's never changed. You know, the way he spoke to Solomon, the things that he said, there you go. This is what you've asked for. Here's what you get. Plus more. God, is, God has not changed depending on we on where we are in our hearts, amen, that's both our comfort and our challenge, amen. The condition of our hearts is both our comfort and our challenge. It's our comfort when we're abiding in him and it's our challenge when we lose our way. So um, the, the, heart, the heart's an amazing thing because the heart lets us know and we've got to pay heed and, and pay attention to our hearts in the early days, before our hearts have the opportunity to turn or become completely desensitized or hard, hard, hard hearts. And so it's both our comfort and our challenge. Comfort when we're abiding and our challenge when we lose our way. Because his word never changes. Amen. And as many in the church world, and, and I, you probably all hear things that I don't and have news from different areas and peoples and organisations and I have different ones, but as many in the church world clamour to know, what is the next move of God? What's God saying now? What's he going to say next? What's he going to do next? I believe that we have to come to a constant. We have to come to a constant. And you'll find these words in the Bible. Let your heart, therefore, be loyal to the Lord our God. To walk in his statutes and keep his commandments as at this day. That, is, God, that has to be a constant, a daily constant whether it was in 960 BC, okay, early in uh, Solomon's reign, or whether it's 2021, this is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. He hasn't changed. There has not failed one word of all his good promise. Amen. Not since the days of old, the promises of the Lord still stand. They still stand to this day. You know, we can, and we all do, struggle with the issues of the heart, with issues of the heart. You know, Solomon reigned for 40 years. That's a good reign, Um, 40 years. But his heart eventually turned to worship the gods of other nations. His immense wealth And the influence of uh, many women in his life proved to be the undoing of of the steadfastness of his heart towards God. It's important to know that it's only God that can truly transform and prepare our hearts for the future seasons that are coming. God is concerned with our hearts more than anything else as individuals he's concerned with about our hearts. You know, in Psalms um, chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. Amen. And we all know this verse very well. Psalm 51, verse 10, from the Amplified Bible, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. Amen. For for all that I would want to try and make my heart right, I have to allow God, we have to allow God to shape and fashion our hearts. And our hearts will be cut in the process of doing that. But it's a work that he does by spirit. Amen. He does it by spirit. And He's the heart transformer. He's the heart surgeon. Amen. And um, according to Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Amen. You know, as we we were talking about being ready in season, talking about being ready, equipping ourselves, preparing ourselves—you know—the heart is one is is uh, is at the core of all of this. The heart, and you know, I heard this old saying: you know, it's not the size of the dog in the uh, in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog that matters. And and so much of life is like that. You know, sometimes we feel. As if we're walking into the headwinds of life, and we ask God, God, give us, give me strength to walk into these prevailing winds that seem to always come against, you know, our our lives. In the west coast here, you can see if you drive down the coast road here, all of the all of the trees and bushes are permanently bent this way because at certain times of the year our prevailing wind is a uh, let me get this right a westerly and so you know there's these there's these things that pre- that that try and prevail against us but it's our heart that will cause us to overcome and endure you know having a heart for anything is probably the single biggest factor in being able to stick with any mission in life and be assured god has given us a mission he's given you a mission and a purpose and the only way that you will stick to that is because you have a heart for it. You know, we can have more than enough talent, we can have super intelligence, we can have great physical strength, and we can will ourselves to go on and give, give it a go, give it a go, but it'll be a short-lived experience unless we possess the heart to stick with it. Amen. So I'm going to be praying for us for myself, my wife, my family, and all of you, our church family, and anyone listening to this today, to have a heart that is of unflinching courage, a heart that is bolstered from within, amen, that a heart that lives out the inner confidence that faith has produced in you by the work of the Holy Spirit, that you have a confident heart, you have a confident heart, and that's not to say, you know, it's a heart that's a risk-taking heart. Sure, I think sometimes we do take risks, but God leads us. God can lead us when our heart is in his hands, can lead us to confidently go into situations that we might previous previously have thought this is a risk. But a lot of, a lot of times... Uh, You know, personally speaking, it's a risk to me because I doubt so much within myself. So it it, it is a risk going in anywhere in my own strength and with my own heart. I need, I need, I need, uh, I was going to say a lion heart. I need to have his heart for this world, for other people to go in there. And to, uh, and to accomplish the mission that he's given us. Amen. So um, thank you for hearing this word today. Um, pray, keep on praying. We're so thankful that now it's, we know it's not gonna be long. We're gonna to be together soon and we are looking forward to that day so that uh, we're together praising the Lord, worshiping, sharing testimony and encouraging one another in person again. So thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to the word today. Please contact someone that you know this week. Contact someone in your church family and contact someone who doesn't come to church this week and ask after them. Have a heart for them. Share with them something that God puts into your heart and, and come back to us and let us know um, if anything is, begins to move, do some, as we approach this time of coming together again, um, step out, step out as God emboldens your heart um, as we go on into the future. Thank you for listening, and God bless you wherever you are today. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com, and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.